We'd love to hear your thoughts on this show and other Washington Post podcasts so we can keep making things you want to hear. To share your feedback, go to WashingtonPost.com slash podcast survey, all one word. Tell us what you like, what you don't, and what else you want to hear from us. Again, that's WashingtonPost.com slash podcast survey. I'm Jonathan Capehart, and this is Cape Up. Tucker Carlson of Fox News went after Senator Tammy Duckworth of Illinois. He questioned her patriotism, said she hated America. Duckworth is a veteran. She lost both legs when her helicopter was shot down over Iraq. She's served her country in a variety of roles, as an assistant secretary of veteran affairs, as a member of the House of Representatives, as a member of the Senate. And now, Duckworth is being talked about as a possible vice presidential running mate with Joe Biden. I ask her about that and about the slams from Fox News. But Duckworth isn't getting distracted. What we need to be focused on right now are the shortcomings of this president and how he has damaged our nation and fails to lead at a time when we need a leader. Hear more from this leader right now. Senator Tammy Duckworth, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. It's good to be on. Thanks for having me, Jonathan. So you have been in a tussle with a certain uh, television anchor at a at another net at another network who questioned your patriotism, said you hate America, and you responded with a, a, a very strong and forceful op-ed in the New York Times. Um, talk about for those who don't know who who you are. Talk about why having your patriotism questioned like that angered you so much. Well. It wasn't about them questioning my patriotism. Look, he's a gnat. His whole job is to distract the American people from the failures of this president. And that's what angered me, was that they were trying to distract the American people from the fact that there are 130,000 dead Americans from COVID-19, that Black Americans are suffering at greater numbers uh, in terms of COVID uh, illnesses, that that there's uh, a bounty on American troops' heads in Afghanistan. And so what anchored me was their attempts to distract the American people from the issues at hand. I served honorably in the army for 23 years and I was wounded in combat in Iraq. And I'm proud of my service. I'm proud that I sacrificed for this country. I sacrificed for his right to have freedom of speech so he can say whatever he wants. But I want it to be clear that what we need to be focused on right now are the shortcomings of this president and how he has damaged our nation and fails to lead at a time when we need a leader. Now, it should be specific. Uh, I was asking about Tucker Carlson at Fox News, for those who don't know. And one of the reasons why his questioning your your patriotism was such an issue is because, as you just mentioned, you are a veteran. You not only served in the military, you were, you were wounded in the military. You lost both your legs in Iraq. Is that right? Yes, I did, during a shoot-down of my helicopter. And one of the lines in your op-ed was, um, these titanium legs don't buckle. Yeah, I have the great privilege of having titanium legs that the American uh, people uh, bought for me through the VA system, and they don't buckle. And I'm happy to stand up to bullies like President Trump and false patriots like Tucker Carlson, who would question others' love of country when they are doing the president's bidding to try to distract the American people from the failures of this president. So let me ask you a question that I asked um, former national security advisor and former UN ambassador, 
Susan Rice yesterday in relation to the 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 Russia story about Russia paying bounties uh, for American service members and other things that the president has done that really fly in the face of U.S. national security, the North Atlantic Alliance, America standing in the world. And I asked her, do you do you think the president of the United States is a national security threat for the United States? Let me ask you that question. Well, I do think he's a national security threat. If you look at his background of the things that he's done, um, he's leaked classified information uh, provided to us from allies like Israel uh, to the Russians. Um, he's brought in known Russian spy masters into the Oval Office for, uh, for photo ops and while he left the American press out of that um, office. Um, and now he claims that he didn't know about the bounties on these troops' heads um, because he didn't read his daily presidential daily brief. I mean, a president needs to be a commander in chief and you need to do your job and protect American troops. And even after this story broke that Russia put a bounty on American troops' heads. It's been over two weeks. He's still not done anything. So he has not done his job safeguarding our troops. I mean, the very basic thing that he needs to do as a commander-in-chief is to look out for the well-being of his troops, and he's not done that. So then if we had a functioning White House and a functioning government and a competent and capable president, and this story came out, what... What would that president do in response to the intelligence that the Russians were putting bounties on American service members? Well, he would have done something before the story even came out because it appears that he was brief as early as 2019 um, and uh, as recently as February uh, of this past year. So uh, as soon as he read that, he should have done several things. One, um, uh, uh, reached out to Vladimir Putin and brushed him back and said, you will not do this. Uh, he also should have been uh, mounting an investigation into whether any troops have indeed uh, been harmed, uh, wounded or killed due to these bounties. And that was a question I actually asked the Department of the Army if they have done that investigation and they have not. So I personally have now called for an investigation into whether any of the U.S. troops' woundings or deaths um, uh, since we have known about these Russian bounties, have occurred as a result of the bounties. Something that the president should have done last year when he first got this information and has not done. Wait, so you said you have called for an investigation to the Secretary of the Army? Yes, I have. And, the, and you've requ- have they done, they have not done anything yet? I'm waiting for them to respond to my request for an investigation. And I've also asked to speak with the commander of U.S. troops in Afghanistan. By the way, he was not even allowed to speak with us when they gave us a briefing on this issue by the administration. I was about to ask, how how um, uh, readily available are these uh, are these officials to you usually when you make requests? Do you get responses right away? Or is the fact that you haven't heard from them, haven't heard any response, is that unusual? It's not unusual. Their tactic in the Trump administration is to delay, 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 and then to distract people from the issue at hand. Uh, But I'm not going to give up because the troops who are in harm's way right now need someone to stand up and fight for them. And if the president, their commander in chief won't, then I will. 
One of the things that President Trump uh, has said on the campaign trail before he became president, and certainly long after being president, is that before he became president, the, the military was in horrible shape, that he's come in and he's restored the military and he loves the veterans. Given what you've seen as, um, first, you were a member of, of the House, you were a member of Congress before he became, pre- before he became president and were elected to the Senate the same year he was elected president. Does his critique of the military before him true? Has he restored the military to its greatness, as he claims? He has not. And in fact, he has politicized the military and he's undermined discipline and order in the military. For example, he pardoned Eddie Gallagher, the Navy SEAL, who was convicted of a war crime, um, undermining the Navy's uh, system of criminal justice. Uh, He has uh, politicized the military by calling the D.C. National Guard to come in and suppress peaceful protesters in Washington, D.C. He's appointed the Secretary of the Army who talked about U.S. soil and U.S. peaceful protesters as a battle space that must be dominated. Um, This president has done anything but strengthen our military. And in fact, he has even... Uh, and believe it or not, he has even um, said negative things about Gold Star families, families whose loved ones gave their lives up in defense of this nation. Uh, this president has not been a good president for the military, and we are going to have to do a lot of work to restore um, the military post-President Trump. Um, and, and, you know, I just think that, uh, uh, again, he continues to try to distract people from his failures. Uh, and remember, this president just recently threatened to veto the defense budget and veto a pay raise for our troops and money for training of our troops um, if the uh, bill included uh, the amendment to rename bases that were named for Confederate traitors. So he cares more about dead traitors than he does about our troops' pay raises. And that does not indicate to me a commander-in-chief who puts the needs of our military first. I'm glad you brought up, you brought up traitors and um, folks who fought against the union because talk about your your family's history. This is the thing in part of your your rejoinder to Tucker Carlson was to to say and to remind actually to educate folks that your family has been fighting for this country since before there was a country. Yes. So I have um, uh, three ancestors who fought in the rev- in the revolution, two Duckworth ancestors and one Anderson ancestor. I am a member of the Daughters of the American Revolution. Uh, my two Duckworth ancestors fought as early as in the French and Indian Wars. But let, let me say this, Jonathan, I'm very proud of my family's history. And I'm very proud that those two ancestors, the two Duckworths, came over as indentured servants to a British lord. Um, and they took up arms and, 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 and fought with George Washington to free our country. And I can speak about my family's history with pride, but my ancestry does not threaten my life and the life of my children every day, the way the ancestry of Black Americans threaten the lives of Americans uh, who are descended from slaves in this country every single day, right? I can speak and be proud of my family's history, um, and yet my Black brothers and sisters uh, Uh, their ancestry of uh, ancestors who were slaves in this country threatens their lives to this very day. And that's the discussion we should be having in this country about what we need to do to heal the wounds of our country, to make this country truly equitable for all. Um, And again, Donald Trump wants to distract us from that. 
he wants to talk about the Confederate flag and all of that, but it doesn't talk about what our country needs right now, um, which is to really work to uh, you know, have real criminal justice reform, to remember that you know, in Illinois, for example, things like cash bail it resulted in the death of, of Sandra Bland, uh, one of my constituents who died in a jail cell in Texas because she couldn't come up with $300 to pay bail, that we have um, a police who are killing Black Americans um, without any repercussions uh, on them. You know, Brianna Taylor is another person, right? She was killed in her own home. Um, and, and we need to do real work there. So yes, I'm very proud of my family's history, but my family's history does not endanger my life or the life of my children the way the family histories of Black Americans does. So let's talk more. Let's talk more about that. I mean, over the last, well, since the killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis on on Memorial Day, May twenty fifth, we have seen on the streets of America in towns towns big and small, people demonstrating on behalf of Black lives, and a lot of people think that we are at an inflection point in this country when it comes to race. What's, what's your view? How are you viewing this moment in American history? I do think this is an inflection point. I think this is something that will help our nation to heal and move forward. And we cannot move forward as a united country um, I, if we don't address this issue. I think a lot of people's eyes have been open to the privilege that they have and the real dangers that um, uh, Black Americans face every single day. Um, just doing normal things like riding a bicycle or going to buy, you know, uh, something from a convenience store or um, going out for a jog. And I think that uh, we can do better in this country and we have to have a real reckoning. Um, and this president, this president continues to try to distract us from the work that needs to be done. Remember that uh, Black Americans also are suffering at greater percentages from COVID-19 because of the inherent injustices in our system. It's not just criminal justice, but you know, I started the environmental justice uh, caucus in the Senate because uh, Black Americans grow, and Black and Brown communities in particular, grow uh, kids grow up in areas that are far more contaminated with higher rates of asthma and other illnesses that make them much more susceptible to the effects of COVID-19. So we have a lot of work to do in this country and we can't really move forward and be the more perfect union that our predecessors fought for if we don't have these conversations and deal with these really tough issues right now. And we have a president who doesn't want to do that. And on COVID or, or the coronavirus, um, do you think that we, well, let me, let me start the question a, a, a different way because I mean, What's happening in this in this country when it comes to the coronavirus and the fact that cases are spiking uh, says to me that there is failure on a massive scale at the national level. If you were advising, if you were advising the president, and by the president I mean a competent, functioning White House, what would you be telling the administration to do to get a handle? on the coronavirus pandemic? Well, two things. One, they have to provide free or low cost testing available to anyone at any time that they need it. We don't get, we don't move forward unless we know 
who is now infected with the virus so that they can be isolated and treated as early as possible. Many of the deaths that are occurring are because people wait too long to be tested. And unless testing is widespread and low cost or free, um, folks who are on the lower end of the income scale are not going to be able to afford to get the testing. So we have to have widespread more testing, as much testing as people possibly need. If you look at countries like Israel, for example, their hospital staff get tested every three days. Um, and, and so testing and, and contact tracing must be much more widespread than it is, which is, by the way, the opposite of where President Trump is. He's actually trying to cut down on testing, which would mean that more people who are positive for coronavirus could be out there spreading the illness without even knowing it. Then the other thing that we need to do is we need to take it get control of the production of PPE. This president needs to really um, take charge of the Defense Production Act, and we need to be producing adequate amounts of PPE in this country. We're already headed towards another situation where we're not going to have enough PPE for healthcare workers and frontline workers and everybody else. And so those are two critical things. And of course, we need to make sure that we get more money into our healthcare systems, especially those who treat people um, who are on the lower income scale. Um, I'll give you an example, Cook County in Chicago, um, uh, they treat the Cook County medical system, healthcare system, uh, treat low income folks, um, many of whom uh, can't afford to go out and just pay for a COVID test on their own. And we need to make sure that those systems are able to stay afloat and continue to serve the population most at risk. Well, Senator, I, I know you have to run and I only have time for, for one more question, but I think you know what this one more question is going to be. So let me ask it this way. Um, you, you are rumored to be among the women who Vice President Biden is looking at to be his running mate for uh, vice president of the United States. One, is that something, just hypothetically speaking, is that something you would want to do? It's something I would do if Joe Biden said that that is the best thing I can do to serve my country. Um, I, you know, I truly believe Joe Biden needs to be the next president of the United States, and I'm on team Biden all the way. And whatever he decides, uh, is the best role for me, I will perform that role. If he says, Tammy, you need to go sweep floors in a VA hospital and keep it clean, that's what I will go do because we have a lot of crises in this country right now. We need someone like Joe Biden who's going to lead us out of this COVID pandemic. He's going to lead us out of uh, the criminal justice uh, issues that we have. Um, we need someone who's going to lead our economy, someone who's going to um, allow America to resume her role diplomatically on a global scale. And Joe Biden's that guy. So whatever he wants me to do, I will do because um, it's truly about our nation and what's best for this country that I've defended my whole entire adult life. And la last question on a, on a personal note, um, he's made it, Biden has made it clear he's going to choose a woman. Um, a lot of focus has been on choosing a woman of color. You are Asian American. You're the only Asian American who's being talked about. Uh, and you're prominent. I'm just wondering personally, how does it how does it feel to be seriously talked about, discussed, and considered to be the second in command of the United States? Well, it's absolutely um, surreal to have my name mentioned in the same breath as so many of the other wonderful women whose name are being uh, you know, talked about. Um, but again, I'm not gonna get in the way of that process. I've made it clear 
um, uh, to the Biden uh, folks that uh, whoever he chooses, whatever he decides, uh, I know he's going to choose the right person to serve alongside him. And I will play whatever role that is. I have a pretty good day job in the United States Senate, and I love my work there. Um, but I would do whatever it is that Joe Biden thinks uh, is the best role that I can play to help his administration recover from the multiple crises that President Trump has led us into. It's about the well-being of our country and working families across this country. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Senator Tammy Duckworth from the great state of Illinois, thank you very much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening to Cape Up. Tune in every Tuesday. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. And how about doing me a huge favor? Subscribe, rate, and review us. I'm Jonathan Capehart of The Washington Post. You can find me on Twitter at CapehartJ.